Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. Finally, some good news and some normalcy. Oh my goodness, Kevin Durant is apparently back with the Nets for next year. So we dealt with this with Kyrie, thinking he might not be back. Then he picks up his option, he was back. And then two days later, Kevin Durant on June 30th requests a trade, and we finally got a resolution on August 23rd, almost two whole months later, that Kevin Durant is going to remain a Brooklyn Net for now. Still has four years left on his contract. Will he last the entire four years? I hope so, but I don't know. But at least for next year, the Nets will be able to quote-unquote run it back, even though Ben Simmons will be added to this team with Kyrie Irving as well. So no face cam tonight, but at least you guys get these Kevin Durant highlights in the background if you're listening on the podcast, and hey, at least you still get to hear me. That's the whole point. But anyway, at 11.01 today, Sham Sharania came out with this tweet. Steve Nash, Joe Sy, and Sean Marks met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles on Monday and have decided to move forward with partnership, Nets say. Full contingent and Monday meeting that keeps Kevin Durant a Brooklyn Net. Durant, business manager Rich Kleiman, GM Sean Marks, coach Steve Nash, and Joe Sy and his wife, they were all there. And um, yeah, I don't know why this took so long to happen. I was literally saying, and I'm sure most of you Nets fans were saying, why didn't this happen a long time ago? But you know, I was definitely concerned about Kevin Durant possibly leaving. There was always a part of me that felt this could work out, and luckily it did. But yeah, there were times, of course, where I had days where I felt like, oh, this this guy really, really might get traded, and I'm going to be very devastated about it. Even though a return of Jalen Brown or even Brandon Ingram, it would have been cool. We would have gotten younger as a team, but still, they're definitely not on Kevin Durant's level. And I'd hate to say that the Nets front office and ownership, Joe Size, Sean Marks, they played this perfectly, but they kind of did. Like, I have to give it to him. I was very hard on Joe Sai. I really thought he was going to fumble the bag and, and lose the most, you know, talented Nets player I've ever seen in my lifetime and possibly will ever see in my lifetime. And it seemed like he was content letting him walk away. And I get there was a lot of difficulty. I'm not 100% sure why Kevin Durant requested that trade in the first place. Of course, there could have been some unhappiness with how Kyrie Irving's contract situation was negotiated, but it could have been other things like the way they've handled the roster or maybe... Sean Marks not giving in to Kevin Durant's needs. I don't know. It could have been a lot of things. But anyway, I am just very happy and I'm very relieved that this happened. I know that this might be only a one-year thing and maybe the whole Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons thing completely blows up in our face, but at least now we get to see it as compared to wondering what if could have been if these guys had played together. Now, Sean Marks, the Nets general manager, had a quote as well and basically said they had the meeting. But the last couple sentences are, we have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. And that's the main thing. Like the Nets, by doing this and keeping Kevin Durant, have extended their championship window for at least one more year. And once again, it could only be one more year. Kevin Durant could be gone by next fall. We don't know. And by next fall, I mean fall 2023, not the one just coming up. It just would have been a shame to see this roster go to waste. I think, despite losing James Harden, who, yes, I do believe is a better player than Ben Simmons, I do think Ben Simmons will fit this team very nicely, assuming... 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving play most games, but this roster at least is just more well-rounded than the one we saw last season with the Brooklyn Nets. I know that the whole Kyrie thing and not being vaccinated and the mandates definitely got in the way and so did Kevin Durant's injury and so did James Harden's hamstring, but as I've said in the past, the roster for the Nets last year was flawed in the first place. It was way too many point guards and way too many centers. There were not any wing players on this team, no small forwards, guys that were 6'6 to 6'9 that could shoot the three, play defense. We did not have many of those guys. But now they have added at least two of those guys. Royce O'Neal, who is a proven good defender in this league, plenty of playoff experience with the Utah Jazz, and TJ Warren, who definitely can score the basketball in his own right and is a decent defender. Now, TJ Warren staying healthy is a completely different subject and topic, but still, TJ Warren on paper is still a good player, and this Nets roster on paper is still a good roster. Now, I did see the championship odds. They have three teams from the East that are the favorites to win the finals right now. I forgot what betting site it was, but they had the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks ahead of the Nets. And look, I don't want to be a homer. I try not to be that way as a fan. I agree with that. I think right now, if I had to do like a power rankings type thing for the Eastern Conference or even the entire NBA, I would still put the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics over the Brooklyn Nets. Now, can you make an argument that this Nets team might be the best team in the NBA? Sure, but that is assuming that Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving are playing very well and are reliable and are at least being on the floor together. Like, we don't know that right now. The Nets roster looks very good on paper. It probably looks very good on NBA 2K, which I don't play anymore. But you get the point. We have to see it. Even Joe Harris coming back from ankle surgery, we have to see that he can shoot in the mid-40s percentage-wise from downtown and still be a, a decent defender and finish at the rim like the Joe Harris that we know from the past. Now, back to the Kevin Durant thing. I mean, look, the Nets did play a dangerous game here, but they did ultimately have have most of the leverage. They had him under contract for four more years, a contract that has not started yet. And due to this whole Rose Rule thing and Nets not being able to have two guys coming off rookie contracts that are on max extensions and already having Ben Simmons who fits that mold on the um, on the roster, it was going to be hard for the Nets to get a young star in return for Kevin Durant. So these trades for potential guys like Bam Adebayo or let's just say Devin Booker, guys that are on their first uh, extension, and even Donovan Mitchell fits that mold as well, it was impossible for the Nets to get those type of guys if Ben Simmons was still on the roster. And the Nets do like Ben Simmons, as, as it seems. So it's a mixture of that. It could be a mixture of the Nets asking for too much, and it could be a mixture of the Nets ultimately never wanted to trade Kevin Durant. The Nets never came out and said, we want to trade you Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came out and said, I want to be traded. So that's a completely different thing. I don't think Sean Marks ever sat in his office and said, I got to get Kevin out of here. Like, I don't think they ever had that mindset. Now, there were times the Nets showed plenty of lack of urgency in trying to mend the relationship with Kevin Durant. But ultimately, the Nets, they got their way. And, you know, if I knew this was going to happen two months ago, I would have been able to kind of laugh it off and, and not be so stressed out about it, but the Nets did get their guy. Kevin Durant still is staying with the Brooklyn Nets, and at least we'll get to see him here for one more year. And by the way, those NBA Finals odds were from FanDuel. They have the Celtics first at plus 500, the Bucks are second at plus 650, and the Nets are third at plus 700. Then there's the Clippers, Warriors, and Suns behind them. So, you know, as things stand right now, to be the third most likely team to win the finals next year, I will take it for how crazy of an offseason this has been. I remember there was a time not too long ago where the Nets were like a plus 2,500 to win the finals. Now they're back to a plus 700. So 
I'm sure some people thought Kevin Durant was going to be traded, um, for sure. I even had a reply to one of Kevin Durant's tweets saying, run it back with the Nets. And, you know, I got a couple responses saying, like, bro, he's gone. Like, stop asking and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why people said that, because I just didn't really see a clear path to Durant being traded. Now, I could have seen a scenario where he would hold out in training camp and make things difficult and maybe just try and start some tension. I don't know, but I just never saw Kevin Durant as the type of guy to sit out games and miss games on purpose. There's too much love for basketball for him. And that was my reaction the second he requested the trade. I'm like, wait, didn't we just sign this guy to an extension last August? Like, we don't have to really give in to this guy's needs. The Nets can literally just say, okay, well, we're not trading you, so either come here and play or you can go sit at home. And I don't think Kevin Durant would have taken that sit-at-home option. I think he would have came back even to a toxic environment and would have kept playing. But now hopefully things are not toxic. Hopefully there is some type of respect from Kevin Durant to Steve Nash. I don't know if that was a main issue in the past. I really am not sure about that. I don't know if players respect Steve Nash to the amount that I would hope they would, but he was definitely outcoached by a former Nets assistant last year um, in Ime Udoka. So to see your current head coach be very much outcoached by an assistant from the 2020-21 team, that was probably not what the Nets players wanted to see. And it's a big year for Nash, too. Not just the players, obviously, but even Sean Marks, the GM. I thought he had a good offseason this year as compared to last year. Once again, getting Royce O'Neal getting TJ Warren on a minimum deal for one year was incredible, and bringing back Nick Claxton. Now, the Nets did not offer Bruce Brown a contract, which kind of annoyed me, and they gave like $13 million for two years to Patty Mills. I get he's a great locker room guy, has a great connection with um, with Ben Simmons, and I know he has his mental health stuff, but still, like I just didn't really see a point to bring back Patty Mills as compared to a Bruce Brown type of guy, but hopefully that works out. Now, of course, Patty Mills was very much a positive the first half of the year, but then once um, guys started leaving the lineup and Patty Mills had to play a bunch of minutes, uh, we had not really seen a good Patty Mills. I feel like ever since 2022 started, Patty Mills was just not that guy. But throughout 2021, Patty Mills was awesome. I remember that Christmas game he had against the Lakers where he had like seven three-pointers and the Nets won that game on the Claxon alley-oop over LeBron. So there were some good memories last year. Not a ton, but definitely some good memories. But yeah, I just hope this is a tight, cohesive unit that gets along. Obviously, chemistry is a big thing. And as I said, if, if Steve Nash doesn't perform this year and the Nets record is not where it's supposed to be and they don't make it past the second round at least, I think that's it for Steve Nash. I don't know if that would be it for this Nets core. I'm trying to think how bad things would have to be for this Nets team to get completely blown up next year. I mean, you know, if the Nets go on to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals or even the Finals, I think you say, okay, we're close and you run it back. I don't think you completely blow it up at that point, but if they lose while being completely healthy in the first or second round, or God forbid, don't make the playoffs somehow. I don't know how that would happen, but you know, if they're healthy and miss the playoffs, I mean, my goodness, you might as well just give up, but you get the point. If they are close enough to winning a championship and they're one of the final four or eight teams remaining in the league when it's all said and done, I mean, you might as well give it another shot. This was a weird offseason. The Nets have not had a real, real easygoing offseason. I mean, this was a, a just crazy offseason the entire time, having just been swept by the Boston Celtics and then having the report come out that KD was not really in um, in contact with the Nets front office and then having the, the Kyrie Irving contract stuff going on and how the Nets didn't give him a 
maximum deal and then Kevin Durant requested a trade shortly after and ever since then it's just been off the rails so we'll see if the Nets can break their previous record of 48 hours of us feeling good because there was a there was a two there was a two-day span when between the time when Kyrie picked up his player option and between the time Kevin Durant requested his trade I think Kyrie picked up his player option I guess that was June 28th, that was like a Monday afternoon, and then by Wednesday around 2 o'clock, Kevin Durant had requested the trade, so we didn't even have two full days of feeling good as Nets fans. Hopefully this time around, we can feel good for an extended period of time until something else, you know, inevitably happens that's not good for this team. And look, maybe it's a crappy attitude, but I have been a Nets fan since, my goodness, I don't know, 2005, 2006. Something always goes wrong with this team, and I will continue to feel that way until something it's proven otherwise. All I know is that this team has a good enough roster to win a championship. And without Kevin Durant, they did not have a good enough um, you know, team to win a championship. Now, as I said, they would have been fun if they if they pulled off a Kevin Durant for um, you know, Grant Williams and Jalen Brown and Peyton Pritchard and some other guy, like they would have been still a competitive team, but that would be for like the fifth or sixth or seventh seed. Like they don't have a championship ceiling if that type of trade was made. Now they still have a championship ceiling. If Kevin Durant plays the way he did last year when he was healthy, which was an MVP level, if Kyrie Irving stays healthy, he had so many games last year, Kyrie, where he took over. We remember the 60-point game versus the Magic. Kyrie probably had a handful of 40-plus games last year. He had 50-something in one game last year. And honestly, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is somebody I am super excited to see how he fits into this team. And I don't know. For some reason, I feel very good about Ben Simmons. I could be very wrong about that. Of course, his back can flare up. And he's been pretty unreliable, of course. But... I don't know. I just think Ben Simmons is super motivated. He got his money from the Sixers for not playing the first half of last year. They came to some type of settlement. I just think Ben Simmons is ready to go. And I think that, like, I wouldn't say he's going to be in, like, the MVP conversation. I think I tweeted that once as a joke. But, like, I really do think the guy's going to have a good all-around year. Obviously, I don't expect him to shoot the ball very well. But everything else, passing, defense, transition baskets, hustle, I think he will bring that to the table. And what Ben Simmons brings to the table, the Nets lacked that a lot last year. A true point guard, a guy that can set up for others, and a guy that can play perimeter lockdown defense and has a 6'10", 6'11 frame, whatever. But I think Ben Simmons is 6'10". So you bring that frame. I mean, just imagine how much a healthy Ben Simmons would have made a difference, even in the Celtics series. Not to say that, you know, if the Nets had Simmons, they would have won that series. Definitely not. But think of how much harder life would have been for Jason Tatum in that scenario. Like, I'm not saying that Ben Simmons would shut down Jason Tatum. It's it's tough to shut down a guy as talented as he is, but you don't think Ben Simmons could have made a bigger difference to Jason Tatum's offense than a guy like getting switched on to Seth Curry or Patty Mills or even Kevin Durant. Not to say Kevin Durant's a bad defender. No, of course not. But like Kevin Durant had to shoulder so much offensively, and we saw how tough that series was for him offensively in the first place. So to focus on defense just as much was probably difficult for Durant. So now you can put Ben Simmons on the opposing team's most talented offensive player, and Kevin Durant can kind of play some off-ball defense and at least, you know, come in for steals and play some weak side help. We know Kevin Durant can block shots at the rim sometimes. So I don't know how the rotations for this team will go exactly, but I am just very excited to see how a lineup would look of, like, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, KD, Joe Harris and Nick Claxton, like some type of lineup like that. Even they they can, you know, bring in guys from the bench, Seth Curry, 
bring in Royce O'Neal, bring in TJ Warren. Like they are going to have like those eight guys right there are very solid. Now there are rumors. There are potential rumors of the Nets bringing in somebody else like a Carmelo Anthony or a DeMarcus Cousins or Dwight Howard. And look, those guys are a bit up there in age. I'm looking at it right now. I think DeMarcus is 32 years old. He's bounced around the last few years here. He's 32 now. I think Dwight Howard it might be like 37 by now. What's Dwight Howard? He's th- oh, 36. Okay, so Dwight's 36. And then you have Carmelo, who's now 38 years old. Wow. So, yes, Carmelo is, you know, a guy from the area, born in Brooklyn, of course. He did grow up a Knicks fan, but still, we can we can forgive him for that. Um, the Nets, of course, were in that melodrama over a decade ago when he was acquired by the Knicks in the first place. So if we finally got Melo 12 years later, that'd be kind of funny. But Carmelo, I'll give him credit. Like, he definitely understands his role now. I feel like ever since he's been on the Blazers, he's had a very good understanding of where he's at in his career. He can no longer be the ball-dominant guy he once was. He kind of took a backseat to Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. And then, of course, on the Lakers, he took a backseat to LeBron and... AD when he was out there and even Westbrook like I think Melo has a very good understanding of like what he needs to do to keep playing in the NBA of course he brings that size Melo's technically a wing player not known as the best defender honestly I would rather have DeMarcus Cousins I think that's the guy I would want at least Cousins has some ability to stretch the floor. Like not, He's not a guy you want shooting four or five threes a game, but at least Cousins will get respected from deep. Like Guys like Nick Claxton, any team will let that guy shoot from downtown. But at least with Cousins, you kind of have to keep him honest at times. And Cousins has that attitude, that bully ball mentality. He's not afraid to get into it with you know opponents and things like that. So I think the Nets can use that kind of energy. I don't know what type of relationship that Cousins and Durant have or anything like that, but still... I would like to see one of those veterans end up in Brooklyn. I think the way I would rank those three guys is I would like to see Cousins number one. I think my number two would probably be Dwight. Because I think center is more important. I think having Royce O'Neal and having TJ Warren... Like, they don't need a wing player as bad as a center because their backup center right now is Daron Sharp. And Daron Sharp had some moments last year back in January. He had some moments in Summer League this year. But I just don't want to go into this season, once again, as one of the top five finals contenders having to rely on Daron Sharp to be the backup center. And Nick Claxton, I love the guy, but he has never stayed healthy throughout an entire season. I think Nick Claxton's highest games played in the season was like 46, and that was last year. He is trending in the right direction, I will say that. But we have yet to see a full season out of Nick Claxton. Still very young. He's on a bigger contract now, so hopefully he's out there. But uh, Nick Claxton, I would definitely feel more comfortable if we had a, a good backup behind him. So if Claxton went down, no, you don't want you don't want Dwight Howard or Boogie Cousins playing 30-plus minutes at their age. But still, it, it's better than nothing. So we'll see what they do with that center position or potentially getting Carmelo. But I don't know. I just would like to see somebody else added there and hopefully get a veteran in here. I don't see the Blake Griffin thing happening. I think that relationship's over. I think the LaMarcus Aldridge thing is done. Obviously, he was kind of washed in the second half of last year. But anyway, I feel good. I was so happy to see that news today. I'm excited to run it back. And um, I don't know what's going to happen, but at least now, as I said, there is a chance that this team can compete for a championship. I'm definitely going to enjoy every moment of next year. And You know, last year was so just, it just felt like a one in a million type season in a negative way. Like there were so many things that went wrong last year from a vaccine mandate. When have you ever heard that in sports? I mean, that that was just like the craziest thing of all time. Between that and Durant getting hurt, Joe Harris getting hurt, and James Harden having, 
you know, one leg out the door, one foot out the door in Philly the entire season, it felt like. I mean, just, I don't know, just like the, the whole season was so weird. But this team has a lot to prove. There's a lot of uh, chips on shoulders, whatever the cliche is. And, um, you know, guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving having just got swept and having the pride that they do as players, like, I think they will bounce back from that. And even Ben Simmons, I'm sure he is seen on social media how much people poke fun at him and make fun of him and like I just think a lot of guys on this team are ready to prove people wrong and I'm excited for it like I like being looked at as that villain and like that team that nobody likes and that's what I feel like the Nets are so um hopefully the Nets can go out there and have a great regular season and just stay healthy in the playoffs that's it so anyway that's gonna do it very happy about the news let me know in the comments how you guys feel trying to think what the next Nets video will be I have no idea maybe we'll be reacting to um you know um, Boogie Cousins being signed or Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, um, you know, stay tuned for more content. I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time.